on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. The Pels were in Vegas. Not the best of times in Sin City. We get into everything going on with the team. Plus, a lot happening with the Saints. Marshawn Lattimore getting some love. Plus, all of your local news. And, of course, the worst of the week. You're going to want to stick around right here. Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, July 14th. 2022 and we are in the summer league madness welcome everyone to poke and kush i am scott kushner alongside my co-host and pal mr andrew polk how do you do here in this balmy new orleans evening I'm great. Uh, I'm I'm doing fine. I think the listeners are concerned about your well-being currently. Yes. You were at Summer League. You I were made it. in Vegas. You were on the floor. They told you to get off. You said no. <laughs> You're in Bellagio. You're at MGM. You're with Siegfried and Roy, who are dead. You're all over the place. Uh, it was quite a scene, man. That place... Every time I go there, I'm like, all right, 362 more days. Like, I, I couldn't be more ready to leave than the second I get on the plane. I'm like, next year. See you back here in Vegas next year. Uh, yeah, there, I, I don't live like that literally anywhere else in the country except for Las Vegas. I don't know what it is about it or what happens there, uh, but it is a very weird town in that regard. There's literally nothing else like it. Well, yeah. There's nothing else to do there. Oh, yeah. You have, begging you. You have to give in and party. Or you feel disgusting. If I just like walked around there sober for four days, I can't even imagine just the de- level of depression. The great story was Jim Eichenhofer was checking in. I guess it was the year that Anthony Davis was uh, had Team USA tryouts. Mm-hmm. So he went for the beginning of Summer League, and he said, I checked in. And they said, how long will you be here for? And he looked. they looked at the calendar like, 22 days. And they looked at him as if he had checked into actual hell. <laughs> It was the devil itself was at that front desk. <laughs> like I was like, if this, I had to be in Vegas for 22 days. I don't know. Two nights is as much as I have left in me anymore. 22 days in Vegas. Because Vegas is all casino rules. There's no clocks anywhere. Uh-huh. There's few windows. You go outside, it's a million degrees, whether it's pitch black yep. or whether the sun's out. There's so much concrete everywhere. And sick, sick smoke all over the place. Yeah. Vape smoke all over the place. Everyone just has that like zombie look in their eyes, you know? And it's weird because, like, especially at Summer League, there's a lot of NBA people who are working. So you've got like that combination going on with like bachelor party of 16 dudes in board shorts who are just like getting ripped you know, like <laughs> in the middle of the, of the day on a Thursday. Uh, it is, there's just, as, as debaucherous as New Orleans is and as dysfunctional as New Orleans is, there is something about Vegas of this like controlled chaos 
uh, that really just doesn't exist anywhere I've ever been before. Yeah, at least with New Orleans, you know, if you're here on a wild bachelor party, you can go out and do like the swamp, the fan boat thing, do a swamp <laughs> tour. Yes. You can get on a boat in Vegas. It's just you and Vegas. Yeah, yeah. You can go to the World War II Museum. Uh, I, I, I was at next to the guy on the plane, and he looked at me, and he's like, oh, whoa, rough weekend, huh? You know, like... You could tell I looked bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is on the way to Vegas, though. <laughs> on the plane ride back. And I was like, uh, he, and this guy was from uh, not far from you. I think he was from Rayville, he said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was flying to New Orleans, and then he was like, I'm going to stay the night in New Orleans and drive back. Anyway, I was like, uh, he was like, what would you do? I was like, eh, did some clubs, did some stuff. I was like, you know, didn't get home till very late. And uh, I was like, what would you do? And he's like, well, we went to the Hoover Dam. He's like, that was beautiful. We went to the Grand Canyon. That was beautiful. He goes, I lost $11 gambling, and I went to the Pawn Stars tour. <laughs> they take you to the tour of where they do they shoot Pawn Stars, the uh, history show channel in that of the uh, like with Chumley. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he said, secret of the trade. He goes, now they have a separate soundstage where they actually do all of the TV show shooting and the actual pawn shop itself is a diff- totally different place. I and can't I like, believe it's good trivia. <laughs> I can't believe it's still on the air. Yeah. Well, this guy's probably watched every episode. <sighs> I, I just <laughs> didn't know Pawn Stars came on Antenna Television up in Rayville. I'm not going to talk any shit about Rayville. They have a great Arby's and a Love's truck stop up there. I, I was just like my face looking at him. I was like, man, we went to two different cities like, getting on this plane. I was like, uh, you went to the Pawn Stars reality tour. It was like a three-hour tour. I was like, I didn't know that show came on except in hotel rooms. I was like, I didn't think. I thought literally they made Bar Rescue and Pawn Stars exclusively for when you're sitting in a hotel room. By yourself at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that guy's going to go back to Rayville and he's going to be <laughs> Keith Richards. You know, he's going to talk about having two RC Colas on the way to the Grand Canyon. And they're going to talk about it for years. <laughs> he's like, they sent one of the guys out. It's like, and he came to talk to the group and sign autographs. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they sent out uh, Gorbo or whatever. What's his name? Jumley, that's the only one I yeah. knew. Jumley, the other guy. Yeah, I don't know. And then you know what he what he came back and told his friends is I sat next to this loser. He's a little <laughs> Jewish fella. He went to watch <laughs> fake basketball games. <laughs> the games don't even count, man. And I this guy went to go watch them. They're not even real professionals. I love how the games now look like they should. Yeah. They're in a high school arena. No, one of them <laughs> is very much like a just 4,000 seat, like little dumpy arena. And they share. It's a perfect setup. Honestly, Summer League is as good of a uh, sports like tournament thing as I've ever seen where they there's never a stoppage. They, they stagger the games by an hour each. The two gyms share a concourse with each other. You buy one ticket, it gets you in for the whole day. They sell beer. They've got okay food. They've got games and stuff in the concourse. Like it is a uh, a really cool thing for real NBA nerds to go do. The basketball is pretty bad, but there is a lot of action that's occurring, uh, and so 
it's a fun event. I do think the NBA. It, it is every year I go more and more and more people. There, I mean, the first couple of years I went, there was nobody out there. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the weekends are very crowded. I knew a lot of people that went out there, not just from New Orleans. I knew people all over the country that were going there for summer league. I don't think. Most people actually went to any summer league games, yeah. but it's just, you know, it's like basketball Mardi Gras. It yeah. seems pretty cool. It would be interesting to see if they ever move from Vegas. I know there's a big draw for it, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans wanted to get in on summer league. It's one of those things that New Orleans probably should have tried to get when it was smaller. Like yeah. the NFL combine is the like another one of those things, the draft, you know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of these little events that you're like, New Orleans would be a perfect place for this, but it's like gotten too big to where you can actually go get it. Now. I do think Vegas is the perfect location for it. I also think they're going to move it into the nicer arenas. Yeah. That's a matter of time right now. It's at UNLV. They're both kind of dumps and whatever, but I just think it's too popular and the NBA sees a way to make money and they're going to just pounce on it. The UNLV arena wasn't that great. No, I mean it's you know thirty five year old, forty year old arena. It's you know it's it's perfect for what it is. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so they'll screw it up. No, no doubt that they will <laughs> just totally bang it to death. Uh, and they will do you know tickets will be two hundred and fifty dollars to sit in X section now instead of twenty bucks for the day, and everything about it is going to be uh, just like everything else that's cool in this world. It'll be fucked to death by corporate interests, uh, and <laughs> and that's the way it goes, you know? It was funny. Uh, it was easier for me to see summer league games than a lot of Pelicans games. I, I, I saw one game at a Mexican, just a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Didn't even have a name. And uh, I, saw, I saw a game last night at Walk-Ons. Yeah. It's very, it's because it's on ESPN. Yeah. And it's not on Bally's, whatever, where it's like blacked out and, you know, two thirds of the area. And no, they, they it is uh, such an obvious thing of like, hey, just make the games easier to get. People will watch them. I mean, there, there were some highlights, you know, I got to see a unnamed guy that looked like a Sims character just demolishing <laughs> Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Did you see the picture of his leg? No. It looks like uh, like a scientific diagram of an ant's leg when they <laughs> zoom in on it. It's like the exact same scale as an insect leg. He's the weirdest looking guy. And he's wearing big shoes. Uh-huh. He looks like a video game character. <laughs> he really just... He every the the comparison right is like Kevin Durant. And it's like Kevin Durant... No, it isn't. I know. It's like Kevin Durant <laughs> always looked a little a little different, but he never looked downright weird. Like Chet Holmgren looks downright weird. Chet basketball. Holmgren looks like a guy that's walking down the side of the road to get a monster energy drink, <laughs> like pushing an empty shopping cart, wearing big baggy basketball shorts strung out is the right. And like a dragon ball Z t-shirt he bought from Walmart. Yes. He is he's i don't want to look at him yeah well he's very good at basketball (laughs) so uh no i mean all those things draw people and it's cool and whatever and uh unfortunately for the pelicans themselves uh summer league didn't get off to the uh hottest of starts or you know it has not been particularly interesting dyson daniels got hurt in the first half of the first game I think uh, I was actually on the plane during the first game. Uh, and then uh, EJ Liddell, the second round pick, gets uh, a torn ACL 
uh, in the second game. So that sucks uh, quite a bit. And it just feels like the whole thing is kind of a downer experience overall uh, for New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, highlighted, of course, by the injury to Liddell. Um, it's an ACL, indefinite. I mean, that's a year, right? Yeah. They're not going to bring him back. It's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it really knocks the wind out of the confidence sales for two young players to both get injured in their first and second games. Not even real games. Yeah. Yeah. For no real reason. Um, now did EJ, he got, uh, injured slightly and then played again and then got fully injured. Yeah. And Daniels, they just, I think he turned an ankle and they're basically like, we're done here. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. And, you know, it doesn't, the games don't matter. Literally no one remembers anything that anyone did in Summer League except for when Greg Oden fouled out with 10 fouls uh, <laughs> his first game. <laughs> it's the only thing anybody's ever remembered about Summer League. Um, but it's still just a bummer to the opportunity. You're like, oh, you're going to get to see alvarado with murphy and daniels and liddell it's like and naji it's like that's like five nba guys are going to be out on the court together and they're all young and they're all and, and then as you get into this like not like trey murphy played in the second game and played well uh i suppose but everyone else didn't play at all. alvarado didn't play at all daniels got hurt almost immediately and then liddell's out for basically the season uh just i mean just kind of like a, a shitty thing like it was it was something that could have been fun and immediately is not and the Belgians are two and one in summer league which means nothing but it's like it's not as if they've played terribly it's just that these like everything that you were kind of uh hoping to see that would make it fun none of it really came to fruition yeah it's it's a silly free-for-all and that's all it should be so when when players get injured that's the uh, pinnacle that's the worst outcome possible especially for you know they're all young guys these are guys liddell and and daniels have zero experience in the pros to to come into that it's it you know it's not great no do you have confidence in the new orleans uh health and you know (laughs) training facility to uh no do the players that are, you know, if, if there's a rumor, I would think that you would hear. If there's any mutterings under your breath, you hear about the Pelicans at this point. I think it's probably health, uh-huh. facilities, mm-hmm. training, things of that nature. These guys are going to find out, and this might be the, uh, the you know, a little negativity creeping into the rainbow sunshine, super happy Pelicans <laughs> fan base right now. Yeah, I think most people will, uh, at least for now, they can sort of shrug it off. Uh, the craziest part is the Pelicans are investing a lot into all that stuff. It's not like the old days where I think you could accuse them of shortchanging a lot of the medical situation. And, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily the best situation. I don't know if they have the best doctor, but I know they are in spending money on it. Uh, I know they you know put a lot of money into a, uh, recalibrating the building, uh, probably uh, needlessly but but certainly it's they spent money they're trying to, to get it right and it doesn't seem like it matters especially considering zion missed all of last season with uh, an injury that occurred basically this time of year uh that nobody knew about there are just things of that nature where it's like every time injuries pop up you're like good lord this never is going to stop and even like even last year brandon ingram missed you know 20 something games i think or, mm-hmm. or 17 games something of that nature he missed a lot of time um 
So I, I, I am not uh, – I don't think this is the end of the world by any stretch. I don't think Daniel's injury is serious, number one. He's the only guy that might contribute uh, of those guys that got hurt. Liddell probably would not have done anything be in the G League uh, for this year. Uh, but it does suck to kind of lose a guy they were high on. Yeah. And they thought he could contribute, you know, at least at the G League level and maybe come off the bench toward the end of the season uh, to lose him for the whole year. Just sucks. I mean, it's just a wasted year for it to happen during summer league is a bummer. Yeah. And coming off of uh, Kyra Lewis. Uh, yeah. Forgot about that, too. Same, you know, not the same injury, I don't believe. I think it might have been. It? I think it might have been an ACL. Yeah. You know, uh, the Pelicans weren't uh, in dire straits for what EJ was going to bring to the table, but you never know. You know, nobody sure. was talking about Trey Murphy. Nobody was talking about Herb Jones. Mm-hmm. Certainly nobody was talking about Jose Alvarado a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it is flat out. A bummer. It sucks. Yeah. Now, Trey Murphy did score 30 points uh, in the win the other night. Uh, the Pelicans had a really good performance by On 70 shots. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> the- <laughs> he had 50 shots in that first. I think he had 27 points in the first game. Yeah, and it was not? on 700 yeah. shots. Why not? Sure. I mean, if I was him, I'd He's be the- dunking on guys <laughs> that have to go work at Dollar General the next day. That's a lot of fun. They're going to drive him to the airport. Yeah. The it's like when Jackson was running the G League in Birmingham. Yeah. It's like the, uh, it, is, it is like a vacation uh, for some of those guys to get out there. But Murphy did score 30 points. It was great, though. Brandon Ingram, like during the postgame interview, basically puts his arm around Murphy. He's like, you scored 30 points. These guys play no defense. I was like, you got a point, Brandon. Takes one to know one. Yeah. <laughs> It was a volume shooters uh, unite. <laughs> uh, it, well, the, uh, probably the, the best news of the whole summer league to come out of it uh, thus far. Zion there on the sidelines sitting next to Jose Alvarado. Brandon Ingram was there, too. Uh, looked, I think Garrett Temple was there. It looked like there was a pretty large faction of Pelicans players who were there. And having Zion there for uh, he was not there last season. Uh, obviously, he got hurt. Nobody knew about it, but he was not there last season. Him being there this year, I saw his stepdad there, too, wearing a Pelican shirt. It does feel, and hey, when you sign a contract for five years and 170 million dollars guaranteed, uh, you better commit. You're like, going to come back from your Eiffel Tower tour with Luca. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it, it is, uh, it's a good time to commit, and you've shown you've committed on, on one level so far, but it is good that it's at least it's not entirely lip service. He is going to at least try um, to ingratiate himself in a way that he very clearly did not try for a large part of last year. Yeah, that's a mature, sensible move. Uh, you know, Zion probably has a say in that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he has the deciding say in whether he goes to that or not. Mm-hmm. So that shows uh, maturity, and it shows a lot of things that people, including us, have chided Zion for in the past. Yes. So uh, that is moving in the right direction. It was... You know, it was good to see him there. Yeah, 22-year-old enjoys free trip to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and gets praised for it. I could not, like, I could not picture Zion drinking alcohol. I could not picture him <laughs> at a slot machine. I can picture him being in the hotel room and just being, like, great at Guitar Hero. 
<laughs> or Dance Dance Revolution. I could see Zion being amazing at Dance Dance Revolution. Or, or just like ordering room service like uh, like Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? like the 16 robe. different plates. Yeah, exactly. Wearing the robe, getting the big Sunday. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. blank check for real. <laughs> Um, but yeah, good to see him there. It, no, I think I, I, the vibes or whatever that everybody had been talking about about this team very obviously are still there. Uh, it was good to see that carry over into summer league. It's very good to see that at least infecting Zion to some level. We'll see how much it matters by the time uh, the season starts. I don't think anything about the season itself. I don't think the win loss record was affected one iota by the negativity that we talked about that uh, occurred in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, But certainly a little bit of an empty trip out there because you kind of were hoping like, oh, they could have not only have a really good team, you could see at least a couple combinations that would actually feel like the bottom rung of the of the actual Pelicans roster, maybe a bench lineup or two. Um, So that didn't come to fruition. And that's okay. Uh, I think I don't think anybody is uh, is too terribly worried about it no and i think the reaction uh disappointment to the season speaks more to just how excited people are to get this team on the floor and get going Mm -hmm. uh i i know i am i didn't i didn't pay too much attention to summer league believe it or not yeah uh (laughs) but if it had been fun i would have sure it was regular summer league it was what we've grown accustomed to there was no zion snatching the ball from Kevin Knox yeah. or anything like that, but it occurred and it's over and uh, the Pelicans are focused on the regular season. It's actually not over, but we can, I mean, it's over for me. Yeah. I'm not going to watch anymore. <laughs> I think they went two and one. I guess they have the po- the tournament part where everybody tries to lose as quickly as possible so they can go home. Yeah. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see how all that unfolds. Obviously, just lots of Pelican stuff that's going to go on. Uh, a lot of people are going to be thinking and talking and discussing this team in a way that I don't think they have in the last couple of years. Uh, so I think all of that is nice. This is just kind of, kind of a weird bridge event. But, yeah, you're going into a period of, what, six weeks? Well, there's just not going to be much Pelicans going on. Yeah, so the podcast will be pivoting to uh, movie reviews. Yes. <laughs> uh, ones that I stay for only. No. Any, did you go to a movie? Uh, I've seen two movies. And this since week? Last week. Oh, that's right. It. Yeah. I saw Minions last night. Uh huh. How was that? Uh, it's, it's a movie. <laughs> I was. It was dark. They I, sold popcorn. I stayed there and I watched it. <laughs> and I saw Thor, which I don't really care for superhero movies. That yeah, much. I was going to say that uh, seems like an odd pick for you. I like Taika Waititi. Okay. He's the director of it. He directed uh, Hunt for the Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit. I went and saw it. I did like Jojo Rabbit. Also fine. Okay. It was one of those, like, yeah, I got a few hours to kill. The, the going to the movie experiences, uh, we're fully back. So you did, wait, what was the, there was one other movie I want, have you seen Elvis? No. That's the one I want to see. Elvis looks horrific. You think it looks, hor- you think it looks worse than Minions? I think Minions <laughs> is a movie for children. Yes. I think Elvis is a movie for Adults, <laughs> you don't think it looks good? Tom Cruise sounds uh, not Tom, uh, Tom Hanks sounds like Borat. <laughs> you got Elliot Page playing Elvis. I don't know who that is. 
And I, you know what it's going to be. It's just going to be Elvis apologizing the whole time. He's well, that's like, hey, you. I'm sorry I stole, yeah, I stole music, music yeah. and I'm sorry I, you know, married well, a 16 year old or whatever. That all seems reasonable. It's all true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't give a fuck about Elvis. Well, that's a different story. I give, I don't know. I would say I give, I give at least a little bit of one. I like it. I don't, I don't love Elvis. You drive around listening to Elvis. I like suspicious minds. <laughs> All right. You ever been to Graceland 2? No, there's a second Graceland? Well, <sighs> Graceland <laughs> 2. Let me spin you a yarn. <laughs> there's a lunatic. Okay. And he lives in a tiny home. Uh, I think it's in Mississippi. It's, it's, it's Mi- Mississippi, Tennessee area. Okay. And he just lives in the middle of nowhere. And uh, you go to his house mm-hmm. at any time and knock on the door and he'll wake up and let you in <laughs> and show you his house, which is covered inch inch by inch, every spot, Elvis shit. <laughs> and then he has like Elvis stories that he tells. It's a big thing for band, like touring bands will oh, go to gotcha. Graceland okay. too. Because they, if they drive by there at 3 a.m., drive yeah. to Atlanta or something, they just stop and this guy will wake up. <laughs> And show him his weird, shitty Elvis house. <laughs> have you have you been? No, I haven't. Even through your tours and comedy, everyone I know has been there. I've never <laughs> been there. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm doing a, a 24-hour house for Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> you can come by and get her done. That's what we say. <laughs> this, is, this is back when Kix was knocking up Brooks's wife. My mom went to college with one of them. Yeah? Yeah, Kicks, I believe. Is that LSU? Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech? Okay. Dude, what a scene. What are we talking about, Elvis? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go see the Elvis movie, though. You can. I think it looks good. I'd l- I mean... It's a Boz Lerman movie, right? Mm-hmm. What has he done? That's a name I feel like I should know. And then, because they, they splatter it all over the advertising. Oh, Boz Lerman. Fear. I don't know what the hell Boz Lerman has done other than He's that. saying the, uh, everybody's free to wear sunscreen That's song. him? Yeah. That's why I knew the name. That was him? The, <laughs> yeah, the sunscreen song? The, like, where he just taught, it's like a graduation yeah. speech yeah. with like a bass line behind it? Yeah. Wow. This podcast, you learn a lot on this podcast. Do you? You learn a lot. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Graceland too. I didn't know why I knew who Boz Lerman was. I feel very uh, educated. I think most people know him from other movies he's directed. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know what those are. Yeah, I don't know. I get him confused <laughs> with Werner Herzog. Like, Wouldn't it be great if they put on the advertisement <laughs> the sunscreen song from the sunscreen song Boz Lerman presents. Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, graduation songs, it's really like him and Vitamin C. <laughs> and Green Day. Yeah, Green Day, Green for Day. sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be bad. I think it'll be better than Minions. That's my guess. He directed Romeo and Juliet, the one the, with... The DiCaprio uh, one? Yeah. Okay, that was weird. And, uh, Sufficiently weird movie. Great Gatsby, Moulin Rouge... Okay, so he's got a whole artistic motif going. Yeah, he's got a thing. And the sunscreen song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real highlight. <laughs> he's got that song. We've got the Jansen song. <laughs> we'll be competing at the highest levels for that. We could. Um, I have, I've gotten a request just to put the theme song on Spotify. <laughs> Do you want me singing? 
Yeah. No, the our theme song. Our theme song. The yes, by we Mike, have Mike do that. It's so good. Oh, uh, if you're going to be here on Halloween, there's only one thing to do, and that is go see Dracula's, Mike Weeby's band at the House of Blues. Yes. October 31st. That is a Monday. They are uh, on tour with Toadies. Nice. Remember a little Possum Kingdom. You think he'll do the Polk and Kush song? No. He should. <laughs> How many people would we have to get in the door for him to do the Polk and Kush song? At least 17. <laughs> So our, our entire yeah. listener base. <laughs> He'll be waking up the folks. Come on down. House of Blues. Everybody, get carjacked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's great. I'll mark your calendars for Halloween in case you, uh, after trick-or-treating, you can go listen to the Folk and Kush theme song live. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We've got uh, some Saints, a little bit of Saints stuff to talk about, plus, of course, all of your local news. Got a little bit of Saints news. Uh, there was a whole bunch of nothing last week, but there is a little bit uh, occurring right now. Uh, ESPN is coming out with its uh, We're Trying to Murder Time in July list of rankings. And one in particular surprised me, which is Marshawn Lattimore is considered the second best cornerback in the entire NFL. Does that seem I feel I watch him every game. Maybe I'm just spoiled. He's good. He's second best in the whole league. He's good. Um, I don't feel qualified at all to say who's the best cornerback in the league. That that's a good point. It's a tricky position. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what they do. They're in the back somewhere <laughs> running around. It just feels like when I think of like shut down corners, which you know there's been, there's a handful every year, right? Of like guys that people remember, Stephon like Stephon Gilmore, yeah, that guy, or the uh, even dating back to like the Deion Sanders years and into the Terrell Buckley era, and you know there's, there's always like literally like one or two guys who everyone across the league is like, who is the guy in the Jets who was there forever? Who ever you know, Revis, the Revis Island, Der- like yeah, yeah. So there's always guys like. Who you think of as like the corner that everyone's like, ooh, can't stop that guy. I don't think of Lattimore in that way, but I guess he's way better than I am realizing. I mean, it's not like ESPN, some, you know, it's not like it was written by whodatforums.com, you know, like that's kind of a legit list. It's kind of sort of crazy to me at a position that's that high profile for the Saints to have the second best guy and me be like, yeah, he's good. Well, ESPN did just hire uh, the guy dressed up like the Halo guy from the Superdome <laughs> to write articles for it. Optimus Saint is, uh, yes, wrote that piece. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, I, I believe it. I agree with it to the degree I can with the sports knowledge, you know, just sure. the fucking education I have regarding the position. But it's like, man, if he if he wasn't, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. How bad would last season have been? How bad would the last three seasons have been? I know. How much would we hate him? You know, like, there. You everyone has such a love, not even love, a hateful relationship with their team's cornerbacks. Yeah. Because you really only notice them when horrible shit happens or they get an interception. Uh, and for the most part, it's not like a ton of interceptions for Lattimore. It's really just like he's there on a play-to-play basis. He makes some tackles. He makes some plays. And uh, and you don't really notice probably how much stuff he's doing because we're meatballs who are watching football like off a of television and be like, sack him, yeah. intercept <laughs> the ball, get me a beer, yeah. like you know. We I, just want the we just want the big bam, 
yeah. plays. Yeah, I don't care that like what you're doing is helping the other ten guys. I'm not smart enough to understand that. So, yeah. um, so congrats to Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, it's like hopefully. when people talk about how good Max Unger was. It's like, <laughs> was he? I don't like, know I don't anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> You know who sucks though? Andrews Pete. Oh, yeah. Know that one because you know, the only time you realize that your offensive line's doing something is when they're getting blown by and your quarterback's getting blown up. Uh, and so that's probably the case here. It's like, yeah, I, I remember Fred Thomas. He got beat constantly. I remember uh, who was it? Brandon Browner. He was the worst player I've ever seen in my life. When you when you're good at something, you don't have to tell people, and people won't even notice. Yes, like for. Example, tomorrow at work, my coworkers are going to go, hey, where the hell is Andrew? I'm just doing such a good job that it will appear that I am not there. I'm making your job easier without you even knowing it. If somebody sees me, you know, at Dave and Buster's, <laughs> I'm doing such a good job that it's like I'm there. If I'm dressed like Thor outside the theater... <laughs> This is part of a guerrilla marketing campaign that does help us. Yeah, I dress up as Thor and go see Minions. <laughs> They're like, are there any kids with you? Oh, no. There, in the elevator this weekend in Vegas, there was like a group of like four guys and then one girl dressed like slutty Mario. Oh. And I was like, this is weird. If the guys were dressed up, this would be, I would get it. This is just bizarre. <laughs> Like four dudes and one tiny girl dressed up like Mario, if Mario was wearing sh- pants that went up his butt. Well, all four of those guys may have had a mushroom you couldn't have seen. <laughs> and I know what gets filmed in Vegas, so. It was super weird. Which man. hotel was this? Uh, the Vidara. Okay. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an odd scene. And yeah. The, I whatever Vidara yeah that's my mom's name uh-huh <laughs> you can look her up Vidara Polk at VidaraPolk.com um the Saints also had uh Tyron Matthew held a camp for the youths uh in New Orleans everything that guy says is kind of perfect man yeah he's cool it's wild how good he is at this. Like, remember how phony we thought Drew Brees was for the better part of fifteen years, or at least ten years, uh, and everything he said was like, "Well, this is kind of like I feel like you're trying to sell me fake jewelry or bad sandwiches or you know, uh, you know, a pyramid scheme of healthcare." It all felt a little bit too manicured. Mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew, everything he's doing feels so genuine and i guess it's because he's failed before and he's like been the guy who fucked up and he hasn't had this squeaky clean life like and he doesn't it just when he's saying and he's talking about you know what it's like to be in new orleans and what it means to grow up here and all this kind of stuff like you just feel it really is genuine it's not to say he can't screw up but it just feels good to hear oh yeah i mean comparing him to drew Brees on like who's a real person that's like not even a <laughs> who would you they say you elect somebody you want to get a beer with yeah like okay maybe it was insure for the most recent one <laughs> but obviously i mean tyron matthew like he embodies the city he embodies the culture he's smart he's real he's a damn good player and yeah. he's the perfect fit for this team it's he is the Saints equivalent of C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. 
I yeah. like listening to him speak, and I don't like listening to athletes speak because they never say anything. Yeah. And those two guys say something. They're genuine. They're real. And it's going to be a lot of fun uh, seeing how many people have a jersey for him. Yeah. You know, th- this guy's got captain written all over him mm-hmm. for this team. Yeah. And it, it's just a perfect fit. And even McCollum is kind of a little too good for us, right? Like, C.J. McCollum is, is what we aspire to be. Tyron Matthew is who is, is like who we are in our best day as a city, which is we've had some problems. We know that things aren't perfect. We've seen the hard times, but you can learn those lessons and take them and make yourself into a, a, a great you know, role model, leader, whatever. And it, it feels like if you would have thought about that Tyron Matthew would be this guy when he was getting kicked out of LSU for smoking weed for the 100th time, uh, you know, and the antics that he had on the field, et cetera. And he was an amazing player, but he was not the leader of men or whatever that you would expect him to be 10 years down the line. And it does give you like, I don't know, I think it makes it significantly more impressive that he went through all that stuff as compared to a lot of pro athletes who are sort of the, you know, born and bred, clean cut captains. Uh, so I really just appreciate that about Tyron Matthew. I just think it makes him so goddamn real. Yeah, it does. And that's something that New Orleans appreciates and recognizes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's easy to excuse Drew Brees as not having any charisma because he was such a good football player Mm -hmm. and to have both you know i i I still think tyron matthew is an incredible player you Mm -hmm. know he's old for his position but he's still great uh and it's it's fun to have just a real ass dude like that on the the kids would say he's got that dog in him that's yes that would be exactly the way to say he's got that dog in him that's what the kids are saying that's what they say that's what they say um the other the last piece of little saints tidbit uh Jameis winston seen throwing without a knee brace on uh you know he tore his acl last october i think it was halloween uh when he tore his acl uh so that seems to be a really good sign that he's at least in some level of recovery that he is you know getting back toward full strength uh without having to need that stabilization to at least throw the ball i'm sure he'll play with one on um, but that does seem like progress of some sort. I'm not a doctor. It's just hot. You got to take that brace <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I mean, it's good. Like him being healthy seems to be the thing that we don't really talk about. It's like, oh, is he good or not? Because that's still a question. So instead, it's it's like, oh no. It's also like, is he healthy? Is number one. Yeah. And if he's not healthy, then he's probably going to be bad anyway. And even if he is healthy, he might be bad anyway. It's just such a big question mark. And it might not even be fair to say that because last season with healthy Jameis, yeah. they had a very good right. I think they had, what, five and one? I think they were five and two. Five and two. But he wasn't that great. No. He really wasn't. But nobody cares when you're five and two. And the receivers were horrible and you know, there were reasons for him not being great. But he was not he was not the great five and two quarterback who was like going to let people were like, Oh, I think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Like nobody well, with a after brain that Green that. Bay after that Green Bay there, game where game, he had yeah. four touchdowns, yeah. of course sky's the limit after that. Yes. The numbers declined after that, but he put up such big ones in the first game yes. at the median average for game seven was average yeah 
you know, nobody's questioning his athleticism. I don't think anybody's questioning his dedication. Or his arm. We just need some people out there to make something happen. Yeah. He needs I, somebody to throw to. And they definitely have that this year, which yeah. they certainly did not. So the fact that he looks like he's getting healthier as the months go by uh, seems to be a really important development. Training camp coming up in, I think, a couple of weeks. I think training camp starts in two weeks. Uh, so we'll be live out there. We'll be uh, charting every play of practice mm-hmm. uh, for all you Poke and Kush listeners. And uh, that's a good thing for Jameis. He will have uh, some interesting matchups in the NFC South. Uh, obviously, the uh, Tom Brady is the number one guy. And Atlanta, I don't even know who their quarterback is, but Carolina traded this week. Uh, for Baker Mayfield, that seems like a smart move for them to have Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah, he's actually going to be uh, playing for his position at, at camp yeah. against uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Ooh, that is a uh, that is not a good choice. No, the, he started off. You know, I think the same. The the Panthers started like four and two last season, and uh-huh. maybe at one point they were four and one. Yeah. And he was okay. He certainly looked pretty good against the Saints the in that Saints, first yeah. loss. Uh, the Falcons quarterback currently is Marcus Mariota. Woof. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. Uh, but, yeah, I think Baker's pretty good. Uh, I don't think he's great. I actually thought the Saints should sign Baker Mayfield and trade for Baker Mayfield rather than go sign Jameis long-term, mostly because of the injury stuff. Uh, but Baker Mayfield's... We've seen him go both directions, so Baker, I think it's a good move for Carolina. I mean, Baker's a fun, much less talented version of Drew Brees. And I, I, the Brees comparison only because every time I turn on the TV, Baker Mayfield is doing the Dougie with the fucking Jake <laughs> from State Farm. He's eating Laffy Taffy with the Noid. He's in every commercial. He's the Hulu ads. It's like, does anybody accomplish less and gotten more commercials? Like underwear commercials? He's living like, in the stadium on some commercials. All this <laughs> stuff. Unbelievable how many ads he had. Uh, he, he's going to have to have one more bad season before he goes, fine, I'll be somebody's backup. And yeah. then he'll be, you know, he could be a Chase Daniels kind of guy. Forever. You know, make $100 million just being a fun backup. Yeah, that's what Andy Dalton decided to do about three years ago, right? Three or four years yeah. ago? Yeah. And now he's in New Orleans and praying that Jameis doesn't get hurt so he doesn't yeah. have to play. You know? He doesn't want to, you know, when the when he started for the Cowboys and was getting murdered because that line <laughs> didn't want to do anything. <laughs> He doesn't want that to happen in New Orleans. No, no. There's a lot of things we don't want to happen in New Orleans. And every week, we discuss it right there on the local breakdown. It's It is the juicy jazz. Squalling trumpets and You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> that's right, everyone. The NOLA breakdown, our weekly crack at the news. We're going to try to avoid just reading violent crime. Yeah. I, I don't find that to be much fun. No. Um, so that, it, it cuts our content pretty low. <laughs> We've got a squirrel water skiing this week and a dog, uh, a cat in a tree. We're just going to have to start reading out of uh, the Rustin paper. Yeah. 
because it's always like a dog was seen and it was brown, and that's on the front page. We'll just tell stories. Fire truck uh, is washed. Yeah. Former Rustin native Andrew Polk has job. Yeah. I proved them all wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, every news source in the city, all it's become is a running log of crimes oh, yeah. that are horrific. Uh, and a quarter of the crimes. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> they don't all get mentioned because there's only so many words you can shove into the website. Um, and uh, so every local news broadcast, every radio broadcast, uh, obviously the you know the paper itself. Uh, it seems most of it is basically just telling the police report of horrific things that are happening <laughs> to people around the city. We all know. Uh, so we're going to try to avoid those. I'm done with it. Yeah. I, I don't really. I care. I very much care. I just can't try to make it interesting. Anymore. Yeah. We can't. And it's going to be even worse if the Saints and Pelicans suck. Yeah. <laughs> so then we're just going to be talking about that and then going to, yep. Uh-huh. The Axe Man is back at it again. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever heard? It, it happened today at the Costco. It's like. The guy with the chainsaws back at the bank. <laughs> it was noon at church and everyone got their head chopped off. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, it is. uh yeah, so we're kind of trying to avoid that. Uh, and so in that note, uh, I found a, a very fun story uh, with regards to local news. Mm -hmm. uh, so we all remember when Edwin Edwards died, that old dirty fuck who stole all of your money and everyone cried about how sad it was that he was dead, even though he stole all of your money and had to go to jail. And then he won a bunch of elections, even though he kept stealing all of your money. Uh, the only reason that he won the last time is because he went to get an actual clan member was his opponent. Um, anyway, he had a really young, hot wife, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, rich people who steal a bunch of money tend to have. Uh, and so he had this, uh, you know, her name was Candy Edwards, uh, known as Trina, I think is her official name. And uh, she, after Edwin Edwards died at 93 years old, 35 years older than her. She is now dating John Alario, known for the Alario Center, the TPC. Uh, he was the head of the state Senate for a long, long, long time. Sorry, John Alario is 35 years old, older than her now. John Alario is in his 70s. 35 years older than her. Oh, my God. She was on a... Uh, popular talk radio show with uh, zion stepdad and it said <laughs> she's i i thought this was a joke but she said obviously i have a type beautiful the crypt keeper <laughs> politically connected rich <laughs> old guys who will die with one foot in the grave <laughs> uh you know what type types are Tall, dark, and handsome, short, white, and bald, <laughs> funny, gay, athlete. I don't know. Types are not yeah. a mummy. <laughs> Edward Trina Candy is uh, 43 years old now. Uh, Edward Edwards died at 93 years old last year. Uh, and John Alario is 78 years old. So this is a... I mean, this is a, a big spry move for her. This is she's she's really uh, changing the game completely, going very young. 
And that's a whole generation's difference. 78 years, that's it's older than my parents by a, <laughs> a decade plus. What what do these what do these people talk about? The 43-year-olds I talk about, you know what they're talking about right now? Ozark. <laughs> They're like, have you seen Stranger Things? This guy doesn't know what a streaming service is. Uh, no. She started dating Edwin Edwards when she was 30, and he was 81. Wow. Where so did they this meet? is way better than Where that. did they meet? Top Golf? <laughs> they met at the fucking arcade? They had a kid in 2013. Dude. That's amazing. Um, if you'll recall... Uh, she was most known recently for at 10 weeks after uh, Edwards died, Governor Edwards died. Uh, she exhumed his remains from the cemetery and had him cremated. And that went against the other, all of the uh, governor's kids who are in their late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just absolutely incredible. Uh, quote, you've probably already heard. Maybe you didn't want to bring it up. I have been seeing somebody for the past six months, and things are going really well for me, she said about John Alario. I think the guy is a prince of a gentleman. John Alario took office in 1972 in the state government. 1972. That's a long time ago. They make movies about that era still. <laughs> That's, that's how long ago it was. That's, sincerely, that is when the Minions was set, 1972. <laughs> I swear to God, they were mourning JFK. In 1972, uh, The Godfather came out. Oh, my God. Deliverance. Oh, God. I mean, John Alario is as big of a crook as Edwin Edwards. He's just not as good at it. Yeah. And not as famous for it. Didn't get arrested also. But, I mean, he, he ran the state senate. He basically ran the Congress of the state as, you know, the state fell apart for 50 years uh, and got his name, you know, put all over the place and, and basically runs everything. He's on the Superdome Commission. And, you know, it's, it's a... Uh, so he's got another 10 years. He's got another 10 years easy. He's going to drop dead in 10 years. Uh-huh. She's going to be 53. Yep. I say she goes the other way and she marries like some rapper, like little Nas X's kid. Because <laughs> like, at that time, like a 17 year old. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? She, prove the haters wrong. She'll write a great memoir. Whatever it is, just an amazing memoir. There's going to be so many depictions of men shitting themselves. <laughs> Too many. What do they order when they go out to drink? She's like, I'll have uh, uh, three bottles of wine so I can go home with this guy. Hilaria <laughs> yeah, says she has a good sense of humor. We have a lot of fun together. We should have her on the show. <laughs> we should have her on the show. Uh, My dad's still alive. <laughs> he doesn't have any money. Well, I mean, she's probably not going to date him. Well, was he the governor? <laughs> she said she had a type. I presume she was an old man. I think that's what she was going for. Yeah. Uh, there was another uh, tremendous story uh, this week uh, that we uh, very much enjoyed in the local news. You know, we really like Entergy, one of our favorite companies, mm-hmm. uh, sponsor of the show. 
uh, because we use power to power the show. Technically, yeah. Yeah, so they sponsor it. They're one of our partners. Uh, man shuts off his power, uses zero kilowatts of electricity. The bill, $115.53. How does that happen? Uh, so S- Michael and Sarah Trahan decided to conduct an experiment and uh, they shut off the breaker to a building on their property, and they still got billed for that. Trahan said, this is just the all-time Louisiana quote of, we getting all these fees, service fee, charge fee, this fee, that fee, a fee five fo fum fee, said Michael Trahan. Not Michael Trahan, Michael Trahan. <laughs> and there's a $37 customer charge, $20 demand charge, $3 energy charge, a $38 formula rate plan, $3 municipal franchise fee, $15 storm restoration charge, and a state sales tax of $2. All those fees just be called the we fucking hate you fee. We're going to have to pay a fee for your foghorn leghorn. <laughs> I bet that's exactly what that guy sounded like. I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've turned power off at places before, like when I was moving out and still got a bill, and it was usually like 30 bucks, you know, for like a little, whatever yeah. the hell is still the tax going is on, on or, but yeah, yeah. 115 bucks. This is, and this person just has a building on their property. It's getting billed, and they turn the power off. That's so, probably where I used to live in Lakeview. <laughs> so apparently they had like, it's like a, they bought a house that had like six different power meters on it and they were just like let's conduct an experiment and just shut one off completely mm-hmm. and see what happens and what happened was they got a bill for 115 dollars i mean they're just robbing you right what yeah what are you gonna do yeah it's like having it's like going to the doctor and you get a bill you're like what am i supposed to do about this like i can't i didn't know what the price was gonna be yeah i have to use it i can't you know it's and this is uh there's no transparency energy is a monopoly uh, they're not good at keeping the power on. It rained on Tuesday, and the power went off all over Uptown. Yeah, for 6,000 people, it was out on Tuesday. Yeah, it was out at the hospital that I was at. It's, it's, you, they're not doing a good job. They're very bad at it, and they're charging a lot of money for it. It seems like a uh, time to do something about it. Is there any? There's no alternative. Of course not. Right? Because who would want it? Yeah. Who I, would want it? I guess you could just go buy some affordable gasoline and run your generator all the time. <laughs> Put out solar panels. That seems to be the answer. Some guy tried to, when I was moving in, I saw a guy and he was like around my age and looked for, I thought he was a neighbor. So uh-huh. was, you know, I was like, hello, hey, how are you? And he's like, hey, want some solar panels? And I was like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> Not really. But the, his pitch was great. He's like, these energy fucks. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like them either. Yeah, so I, I solar, I guess, is an option, too. If any solar people are out there listening, uh-huh. sponsor the podcast. Yes. We'll say whatever you need us to. Yes, we will badmouth energy we'll all s- day. And then we'll, you know, we'll get poisoned when we go out to eat <laughs> by the energy assassins. <laughs> I mean, they they have failed so catastrophically bad over and over and over again and now it's so clear they're 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 legit just making stuff up to charge you more so that they can pad their bottom line and they know that no one is going to do anything about it i think some parts of the state are on like clico i think there are other parts that have other but certainly in the new orleans area 
It is a straight up monopoly, and there's nothing you can do about it. Sir, in Texas, you go, there's like, you can choose from six different power companies, and things happen, and whatever. I think they all use the same lines. I don't know what the difference is, uh, but energy is a joke, man. It, the power goes out when there's no weather at all, all of the time. Maybe Elon Musk will come save us. <laughs> save us. That's what we need. He pulled out of Twitter so he can buy energy. I think if we just tweet at him and say, like, hey, a bunch of people are saying you won't power the city of New Orleans, <laughs> he would come do it. You know, it would blow up and kill us all like one of his self-driving cars. But would it be the worst thing in the world? No, of course not. No. We would just add it to the unexplained explosions list. <laughs> Well, that brings us into Kush's favorite segment every week, The Worst. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The Worst. This one comes from an old friend that we've mentioned on the show before. Uh, two men hospitalized after explosion at Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop store. <laughs> you might remember the Goop store from one of the first episodes we ever did. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was selling a candle that smelled like her vajayjay. I don't no know shame. who would verify that. <laughs> the guy from Coldplay, I guess. This is false advertising. Yeah, what's what are you gonna do? You're gonna find him at his show and run up while he's, you know, singing yellow. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> two men were hospitalized after they sustained burns at Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop store in Long Island. A police blotter said that the officers responded to a quote strange scene at Goop's four Bay Street location in Sag Harbor. The two men told police that rubbing alcohol had been placed in some of the candles in the store, oh which boy. caused a large explosion in flames. So is this a like a, a inside job? I don't know. Is this like a new knockout game <laughs> where you go around putting <laughs> alcohol in, <laughs> goop in candles? Can, yeah, bath and Body Works is exploding like Bane's behind it. The only thing worse than a candle exploding and melting a store is a vagina-scented candle. This is the after-tennis version. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the <laughs> this is the attack of the fifty-foot woman. The officers then acted fast and applied ice packs to the victim's wounds before they were taken to the hospital. One man who suffered a large burn on his back and ears was flown out by a helicopter shaped like a vagina. No, it wasn't. <laughs> to Stony Brook University. And the other person who sustained facial burns was transported to another hospital. What is goop? I thought it was like beauty products. What do candles have to do with that? It's You feel beautiful surrounded by candles. That's... Never, th is, what is Goop? Goop is her brand. I get that. It stands for Gwyneth. Poop. On. <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know. Ladies love candles. What do you do? You think, of, of course it's a beauty product. She's probably selling crystals and uh -huh. all sorts of shit. I bet it's like $16 candles, right? $39 candles. With inflation. Yeah, who knows? With these vagina prices skyrocketing, <laughs> thanks to Sleepy Joe. You know how much vagina costs these days? 
One of the officers said he'd never seen anything like this in the 26 years he's been working as an officer. Um, (laughs) These people are idiots. Who's buying this stuff? Apparently, this has been seen on TikTok where people added rubbing alcohol to candles to melt marshmallows for s'mores. What? A store employee said that they had seen the technique on social media. Well, I think we may have found the number one suspect, the employee. <laughs> How, TikTok, come on. TikTok keeps doing this, uh, doing a detriment to society. But no one cares because, you know, nurses are dancing on there. What the hell? So TikTok behind the store... Uh, burning down and sending two people to the hospital. So they... Let me get this straight. Somebody came into the place, poured rubbing alcohol inside the goop candle. Yes. Then someone lit the candle. The candle exploded. Correct. And what's supposed to happen when you put the alcohol in there is you're supposed to make s'mores... Apparently, a trend on TikTok is that people had put rubbing alcohol in candles to create a larger flame so they could make s'mores in their home. Oh, people are so stupid. Yeah. That's incredible. That's the du- that's as dumb as the people who are eating Tide Pods. It's always funny to think about fire in like the modern day context because it's like, you know who uh, didn't burn down places and kill themselves with fire? <laughs> Cavemen? <laughs> <laughs> that literally tens of thousands of years of people doing and this. And now we see somebody pouring gasoline on a fire on TikTok. And we're like, I guess we'll... Uh, they didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> Groot understood it, you know, 200,000 <laughs> years ago. But yeah, other than that, oh, uh, God, that'll take us through this week's episode. Thank you also very much for listening. As always, I am Scott Kushner with Andrew Polk. We do love and appreciate every single one of you. Please send us an email at polkandkush at gmail.com. Leave a review on Spotify, on Apple, uh, and, of course, tweet us at polkandkush. We are on there every now and again, and it is a hellscape that we cannot quit. Uh, We love you all so very much. We will talk to you next week. See ya!